With the election cycle heating up for 2024, are we about to see more and more deep fake images and videos of candidates? And is there anything we can do to stop them? Or is it too late to put the genie back in the bottle? Coming up next on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Joining me on the show today is Matthew Wright. He is the Director of Research for the Global Cybersecurity Institute at Rochester Institute of Technology. He is also a professor of computing security and a member of the Defake Project, an initiative of a team of researchers between RIT and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications at the University of South Carolina. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thank you very much. Uh, can you so let's uh, give me a little bit of a b- background on the deep fakes in terms of the political situation and how how are you approached to work on this project that uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, tell me about your background in this in this arena. Absolutely. So we started looking into deep fakes in 2019 mm-hmm. there was a opportunity put out uh called the ai and ethics um in journalism uh by the harvard berkman school and it was um there were i guess five teams of folks working on different projects related to uh, the intersection of ai ethics and journalism and our project that we put forward was on detecting deepfakes because we realized that while this is coming, we could see the technology uh, and the, the obvious potential for creating misinformation where you have a video that shows someone saying something that they never actually said. Yeah. Uh, and I think a really uh, big example at about that time that had come out was of a video of President Obama, and he was um, being made to say things that Jordan Peele, uh, the actor Jordan Peele, was actually saying. Okay. And, yep, so some things that he definitely never would say, at least not in public. Right. And uh, we're watching that video going, wow, that's really good. It was, like, really high quality. And, uh, you know, the potential for making world leaders and all sorts of other people say things uh, that um, that could be inflammatory, that could, you know, cause wars. I mean, it's, you know, just uh, incredible potential for misinformation and going, well, at the very least, what what's going to be needed if you're a journalist is to know whether the video you're looking at is real or fake. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put together a team uh, with a expert in computer vision and an expert in journalism uh, and said, okay, well, you know, can we develop a tool that would be helpful for uh, detecting deepfakes? And we submitted that as a project and then uh, it got accepted and we've been working on that ever since. Okay. And, and can you tell me a little bit about how the tool works? Uh, dig into the technology as deep as you can, but and I'll, I'll just, I'll just, say stop at that point when it gets over (laughs) my head (laughs) sure so i think uh one way of looking at it is uh, a little bit of fire to fight fire so uh, we know that there's these deep learning technologies that are being used to create the deep fakes um and these technologies are very powerful for lots of things and another thing that we can use them for is to do the detection so um certainly 
Um, our uh, major efforts have been to develop new technologies using deep learning that uh, can detect the deep fakes uh, based on subtle signals that are actually, you know, sometimes you and I can look at a deep fake and go, oh, that's, that's fake. Yeah. That's really clear. But some of them are really high quality. I think a really well-known one at this point is of Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. There's videos of Tom Cruise that uh, were put out on TikTok, and you can also see them on YouTube uh, that are just really high quality. If you don't know that you're looking at a deep fake, you know, you certainly could believe that they're Tom Cruise. Um, and they're not just, I think when these things started out, it was all just like, talking head videos but that those tom cruise ones he's moving around he's yeah. shooting a golf shot it's, it's very impressive technology um so the signals on on videos like that are really hard for the human eye to pick up but there are some subtle things that are in there that a computer can find uh, so so that's the technology we rely on sort of the most mm -hmm. um but we're also looking into other techniques that uh, can be more explainable. So deep, deep learning technology, it's generally speaking, we think of it as a black box. We put some information in and we get some results out and we don't really know what's going on in the middle. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we found talking to journalists is that that's not very satisfactory for them because you know, even the best technology uh, of these tools, maybe it's 99% accurate on some, some data set. Well, that still leaves you with this chance, 1% uh, or more, that it's not telling you the correct answer right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're a journalist, you want, uh, you want to be able to say something uh, with, you know, more rigor than that, if you can. Yeah, it, so. it seems like with a lot of the images that come out, it it hasn't gone to the point where you can't look at it. You can you can sort of see an image of of something that was created by an AI uh, or a deep fake, and you can go, oh well, this this person has three legs, and or this person has seven fingers, <laughs> and you can go, oh well, that 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 passes the eyeball test. But I think at some point we're going to get to a point where you're not going to see those visual glitches, and you're going to need something else. Um, and, and so that's where this tool comes in, right? But then you're also developing so you can explain why that certain image or video is fake versus a real photo, right? Exactly. Um, and, and that turns out to be really tricky because, uh, like I said, if you just try to use the black box deep learning tools, they don't tell you much inherently. Yeah. And so we're trying to develop other techniques that don't rely on those as much. And then um, maybe we'd be able to say something more, more concrete that is um, at the same time uh, could be understood by a person. Um, and I think that's a, it's a difficult line to walk. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Is it, is it right now where it's a situation where you input the, the, the video or the image and it comes out? Yes, it's fake or no, it's not. Is that all the answers that you get or, or, you know, do you get more information from the output? Well, so we, we, yeah, we can definitely give more information than that. So for example, if uh, we've got a video that's 
uh, we'll, we'll process like one minute of video. And then within the minute, uh, if there's some areas in terms of time mm-hmm. that are, are fake and then some, ter- some that are, are not fake, or at least according to our detection, then we can tell you that, right? So the first 10 seconds are fake and the rest of it is not fake. Yeah. And then um, another thing that we can provide is some measure of confidence. So um, basically how confident the tool is. Um, Now, I'll say that I'm not... I don't find those uh, outputs of the tool to be, um, I don't think that they're the most reliable indicators, but at least we can tell sometimes, you know, if it's, uh, you know, definitely it, it really thinks it's fake or it really thinks it's not fake versus it's somewhere in the middle. At least we can get that as an indicator. Yeah. Now, since you started the project, there's been a number of different uh, high profile examples of, of some deep fakes. Let's go through a couple of them. Uh, you mentioned the Obama uh, video and the, and the Tom Cruise one. Uh, there was, I think in our pre-call, you were talking about uh, some Russia and Ukraine deep fakes that, that came about. Can you talk about those? And I've got a couple of others that, that I want to bring up. Sure. So I think that this was probably the most um, serious, at least to date, use of a, of deepfakes, uh, which is at the beginning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine mm-hmm. in March of last year. A video came out of on each side. So one of President Zelensky of Ukraine and one of President uh, Putin and they each each video showed their respective leaders saying, um, you know, comrades, lay down your arms. We are not going to be fighting this conflict anymore. And, you know, the the Zelensky one was not very high quality, uh, but the Putin one was decent. Uh, I think if you look at it and you watch some video of Putin speaking and you watch the deep fake, you can see some differences between them. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that my um, PhD student who is, he is interestingly enough, half Ukrainian. He speaks Russian. He grew up in, in Russia until he was about 12. So he watches it and says, well, he thinks it's actually pretty that the Putin one is actually pretty convincing. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, um, it, even if they fooled, um, you know, just say a handful of people on each side, then that's enough to have potentially cost real lives on yeah. the battlefield. Yeah. And, and there, there were some other examples that came out and, you know, there was the one where there was an image of the Pope and he was wearing a, a puffy white jacket and that wasn't as, as dire as some of these other ones that we're going to talk about <laughs> for sure um, but it did fool a lot of people and i and i i'm wondering if it was fooled because it was on the a different platform whether it was twitter or uh instagram is where i saw it and you know as i'm scrolling through my instagram feed, well, like, oh the, the pope look how cool he looks and then i kept going on but i guess that was enough to trick me uh, i didn't really look at the image until i started seeing stories oh that that image is fake uh, but then there was another one where they uh, an image of the pentagon the uh having an explosion nearby and that went around twitter for about 
two or three minutes at least, um, and the markets were affected before someone came out and said, "No, no, that's a fake." I, are we going to sort of are we going to see these types of incidents where an image or a video is going to be flung out to people and then? it's going to be up to the rest of the world to verify whether it's fake or not. Is that what we're going to, is that the future of, of, of this? Absolutely. As far as I can tell, there's no stopping this. People are going to misuse these technologies. Um, I think that some of the people uh, that are making these tools are certainly being thoughtful about it, trying to do things like, um, put in watermarks, so uh, essentially just a bit of hidden information in the image that any image that is produced by the tool is going to have that little the, that little secret in it. Yeah. And if anybody questions whether something's real, well, you know, you'll be able to spot that secret if you know how to look for it. Um, or, you know, on the other side that you know every image and every video that you take with your cell phone or any other digital camera um, can be stamped with something that uh, says that this is the this is the video this mm-hmm. is how it came out mm-hmm. of the camera um, you know without further manipulation and that you know that that could be a sort of proof that it has that it's not a deep fake, right? It comes from some kind of camera. Um, but I think the problem that's always going to be an issue is at least, you know, for the foreseeable future is that on the watermarking side, well, there are other people who can make the technologies and are making the technologies without putting those watermarks in them. So, uh, the, those videos are going to continue to be created and some of them just will not have the watermarks. And so, you know, we have to be aware that that doesn't solve the the problem fully. Yeah. And on the other side that if there's, um, you know, yeah, there, there could be a proof in a camera. If if every camera that's made from uh, right now in uh, August of 2023 uh, and for the foreseeable future is made with the signature capability so that it always um, imprints that that information in there. Um, well, you know, for all the people that are buying phones and cameras right now, um, plus all the people who have older ones, um, they're not gonna have those capabilities. So they're gonna take videos and post them and are you going to say, well, that's fake. Because, yeah. you know, we don't have that proof. Well, you can't do that. Right. right. So. Yeah. 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 I, so. I see a situation developing, especially in the political arena where uh, let's say one side comes out and says, oh, here's a video that we've got of, of your candidate and he's doing something really bad. Um, he's he's choking a puppy <laughs> and then the other side comes out and goes oh no that's a fake and then you start having these back and forth debates about well this is fake no this is real or if it's or if it is a real video then they'll just claim it's fake um, whether it's you know so they can claim that it's fake if it's real and they can claim that it's real if it's fake and you're just going to get back and forth and I guess you know the general public will have to somehow f- see if there's a third party verification type uh, 
system out there, but even those have been attacked before in terms of like the truth squad or whatever you get. So it just, it just feels like it's going to just be a mess of, of, you know, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. And, um, I guess that's why tools like this would be, would be helpful, right? That's the idea. I certainly think that there's going to be this rule for, for tools like ours and, and the others that people are creating to, to try to get, past that issue. Um, but I also do fear that even with the tools, there will be people who are, uh, putting this out. Uh, you know, I think that the second case of what you're talking about is, uh, they call it the liar's dividend mm-hmm. that, you know, when there's situations where there's uncertainty, uh, someone can come out and, you know, and, and just say, well, oh, it's all fake. Everything's fake. You can't believe anything. This isn't real. Just, believe whatever it is that that I'm saying and that's and that's the truth um and you know we're all stuck in that world right now so yeah, yeah. hopefully hopefully we can uh really develop these technologies um effectively so that so that there is at least uh some ground truth for those who want to and choose to seek out that information yeah well, um, can Find it. What what types of of deep? I don't. I, I know this is a made up word, but deep fakery. Have you seen? You know, obviously you've seen images that have been faked and uh, video, but also audio and text can be faked as well. Like, um, is there one that's more effective than the other, or is it is it all just depending on how it's presented? Yeah. So definitely audio, text, images, and video, um, basically any, any media that can be digital, right. Can be deep faked. Um, I think one, uh, one of the differences that we see is that, um, with video, you usually need to have some kind of source, um, or original, uh, video to work with Mm -hmm. you. Um, if you, try to generate those completely whole cloth. The technology isn't there yet to do that. Um, but if you do have some kind of source video, say an original video of, uh, you know, the president yeah. saying something, then you can get, you can modify that to, to make it the president saying something else. Um, but images we're seeing, uh, you know, as you mentioned with the, the Pope with a puffy jacket, yeah. you, get a lot of these uh, images that are getting better and better by the day. So that's certainly a concern. Um, I think audio has become a real concern uh, over the last 12 months as well. And we're seeing the quality of generated audio. If you just have a, a relatively small amount of source audio from whoever it is you're trying to imitate, then that's enough to now generate pretty high quality um, audio that will convince a lot of people. You know, you can definitely, um, there's videos out there of people convincing their parents that it's, that it's them when it's actually AI generated version of them. And the potential to use that for both misinformation, but also for fraud is really high. I think that that's a that's a real danger that 
that we're running into now. People are, I think, already using it for fraud. Yep, yeah, we've had some uh, episodes that have discussed that as well. Um, it's that that's some scary stuff. But do you think this will? have an impact on potential elections does does this does does a single video have the the ability to swing an election even though you've seen other sorts of uh, methods such as attack ads or a polarized uh, election electorate and you know there, there are two sides that will believe anything either way um, it, you know does this create a situation where you're going to have a mixture of fake videos and real videos and people are just going to have their minds made up no matter what. Like I, I think w- when we were discussing this earlier, you brought up this uh, idea of confirmation bias. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So one of the things that I think um, you have to pay attention to is if you think about how close the 2016 election was, mm-hmm. I mean, the 2020 uh, election was, was obviously also close, um, but the, uh, the 2016 election you're talking about um, just handfuls of votes in a, a few states, right? Um, and then you think about, well, what's possible in um, with the technology? And if someone was to put out, I mean, forget October surprise, November surprise, mm-hmm. right? The the day of the day before the election, before anybody has time to to debunk or, um, you know, or at least for the debunking to really to take hold, you don't need people to see, you know, people aren't, aren't available to watch every piece of news that comes out. But if they see the video, um, then they may, having seen it once, right, it's much harder for that to get removed from their mind. There's studies that are out there that have shown people will see a piece of fake news and then you like wait a week and then you ask them and they've been even though they've been told that it's not true you wait a week and check with them again and they now believe the fake news yeah they don't remember the part where it wasn't true so that could definitely uh have an impact on uh, the next election. I, I think that that's a real danger. Um, and then I think, you know, you brought up the point about confirmation bias. Um, it's certainly the case that, you know, even if it does get uh, debunked, that if you have a fake video that's out there and people have a certain point of view, if it aligns with their point of view, then it it's even that much easier for them to encapsulate that as a, a you know, yet one more piece of evidence uh, for that aligns with their way of thinking. Um, and that's just that much harder to, to actually meaningfully debunk it. You can tell them it's not true, but that doesn't mean it, it gets removed from their brain. Yeah. Um, now, now yeah. So were you, were you thinking of putting this tool that you've, that you have made, available to the general public or why is it just that you're working with journalists it's journalism or journalists um because they also have an issue with trustworthiness sometimes you know there's there's um right threats so, of bias as well so why not make this available to anyone to just say oh is this video or, or do they just have to go to like a website like snopes for example yeah so 
I think we have a few reasons um, why we wouldn't make uh, the tool available to the general public. So one of them is just raw processing power. Um, if we have each one of these takes us uh, using um, not like really like supercomputer level power, but yeah. significant computing power to process each video that um, that gets requested. So, so as an academic institution, we don't have just unlimited gobs of computing power to throw at this. Uh, but even if uh, we did, a couple other concerns that come up. So one of them is, like I said before, sometimes the tool can make mistakes. And you know, we've got um, AI uh, and and we're trying to develop more explainable methods, but in any case, we'll always have some mistakes. And so it's really important for someone using this technology to be able to put it into context and mm -hmm. understand what the potential shortcomings are. Um, if we develop more explainable methods, they'll probably be more complicated and require more expertise as well to understand. Um, so I expect that that will be a challenge where only some journalists are really going to be able to take advantage of, of those more detailed explanations of what's going on. Yeah. Do you, and then a yeah, third, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so a third area is the security of the tool itself. It's kind of like once we put it out there, if if anybody can run videos through it, then they can take their deep fake and test to see this get detected as fake or real. Um, and it, maybe I need to tweak it a little bit. And there's actually a, a whole line of technology called adversarial examples where someone can take a you know whether it's a video or image and uh and manipulate it bit by bit until it still pretty much looks the same as far as you know being still the whatever it is that they wanted to create but now instead of being classified as fake by the tool it gets classified as real mm. um, and if we give open access to the tool we make it that much easier for attackers to do that Okay, that just made me a little bit more depressed. I think. <laughs> um, how how complicated are these tools that are creating these these deep fakes? Are they? Is it is it getting easier and easier for people to create their own fakes? And if because then I have a follow up question too. If 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 it is getting easier. Yeah. So. Um, I think on the one hand, certainly the technology gets easier. And one of the things that we see now is that there's uh, generative AI that uh, is able to make things, and it's mostly images right now, but mm -hmm. video is eventually going to be coming, that are based entirely off of a text description. So you just type in the prompt. Um, so another example is uh, when President Trump got arrested, they had uh, these images that somebody created right based on the prompt, you know, Trump being, you know, President Trump being arrested. Yeah, um, or and, Trump perp walk, and, I think someone was, 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 was yeah, one of them, yeah. Right, right. So the, the Trump perp walk uh, images that got created and spread around, and they, they weren't perfect for sure. Um, you know, there's, 
there's still uh, some ways to go for the technology, but they're pretty convincing, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're just, you know, scrolling on your phone, you, you might go, oh, there it is. There's the image yeah. of Trump getting arrested. Look at that. Yeah. So, so, um, so, so, so with, with the, the idea that the, these can be created relatively quickly, I guess the, um, my concern is that not, you know, whether this was just going to be done on a national scale where you're talking about like a presidential election, or do you think we're also going to then see it kind of uh, trickle down into even a local election could, could if in a, if a local election for school board in one little town um, is close enough, could you start seeing these deep fakes showing up in those or is it, is it, is it just a waste of time in that it, it's more important to go after the, the big fish? I, I think that all of these types of elections, I mean, if they're contentious enough, I, I hope that most people's school boards aren't that bad, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I, I used to be a so, school board reporter in Florida and they, they got pretty contentious down there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think it, it certainly could pop up in situations like that. Um, and so I think it's important to have uh, as many journalists to, um, and, uh, you know, other researchers and, and fact checkers um, to be uh, trained on tools like this to be able to make detection um, quickly. I, I think it's uh, a really critical uh, issue. Yeah, it's hard to keep up. Does it does it become an arms race between you guys and other deep fake tech detecting tools? Uh, it, you know, versus the 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 tools that are out there that are not only creating them, but now looking to see if their creation is detected and then they, they tweak it. Like you said earlier, is it, is it become an arms race almost like with the hacking community? Yeah, I think it's, uh, that's a great way to put it, um, that we can develop detection techniques. Um, and we, we hope, and it is mostly the case that the people who are, creating the tools to make to make deep fakes are mostly being responsible um, and trying to put things out that uh, either for example have watermarks uh, like we talked about before or aren't just broadly available to the public or have some kind of filters on them to prevent them uh, at least in you know, most of the time from being used for misinformation Yeah, that we can, you know, hope that, that they're being as responsible as possible. Um, but we know that there's bad actors out there who will take the, the same technology um, and develop it further on their own that explicitly seeks to undermine detection capabilities. Um, and we, you know, are trying to keep up as much as possible so that, so that that isn't, uh, going to, uh, prevent our, our work from being useful. Yeah. Now as a cybersecurity professor, are, are, are you generally optimistic or pessimistic about the future? Cause I would imagine <laughs> I've talked to a lot of cybersecurity guys and some of these people are just like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't sleep well at night because I'm just always thinking about the next threat. So, um, how do you classify yourself in, in that, in that space? 
Yeah, I guess I'm lucky to have just been born generally optimistic <laughs> as a person, um, but I'm experienced enough to know to know that that doesn't always pan out and that some things do go wrong. Um, so I uh, just try to keep it balanced, um, you know, and I, I know I can't solve all the problems and, and uh, we just try to do our best um, and look for solutions whenever possible that are not just, you know, I think one of the things that we, we can get caught up in the arms race and the cat and mouse game uh, in cybersecurity mm-hmm. a lot. And I think what we look for is ways to take the game to a really next higher level that, that it's not just one single step at a time, but that we can actually m- make a big enough improvement uh, on the security front that it's going to be a longer lasting uh, and more useful defense yeah. uh, in the long run. Is, is there is there any aspect of this technology that made you go, wow, that's surprising? Or was there any surprising aspect about, oh, I didn't realize computing could do this or that this technology could do this or was it the speed at which it can be done now was there anything that that jumped out at you that made you go wow either wow good or wow people are evil (laughs) (laughs) um i i feel like i'm getting surprised all the time okay Um, yeah yeah with the generative uh ai that that's coming out i it, it feels like it's a whole different ball game already um even though we have been uh still just trying to work on the defect defect technologies from you know 2017 2018 some of the some of the better videos from that era are still uh not easy by any stretch and now we're dealing with a whole nother additional set of technologies at the same time so yeah it's um it keeps us on our toes. That's for sure. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you get back to your work of, of making sure that we can detect these deep fakes. So um, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Thanks a lot, Keith. It was fun. All right. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments that you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.